previously on Coruscant Nights. I need a sculpture. It can be anything you want, but it must include this. And he opens up a little box. And inside it is a small crystal. Would I sense anything coming off of it? You feel the dark side radiating from this thing. We need you. We need you for for something. A little investigating. Sure. If you don't mind uh, volunteering your uh, your services, your knowledge, and etc. So what do you need? I kind of don't have that much time. I, I got other people who need my help tonight. Oh, you're a busy man. I understand. I feel I feel similarly. Let's uh, just say you're not the only people going after the dims. This wasn't just glass. This was a this was a crystal. This was a stone, and it seemed like it had some radioactive properties uh, that your data pad is is showing. Is this Kyber? It seems like it's pretty similar, but a little different. Similar to Kyber, but different. Just fool's Kyber. I didn't think they had that stuff outside of uh, Pajal. That is what it is. I didn't sell anything to this guy, but somebody came <laughs> in. I don't remember what his name was. He was looking for some, uh, he, he puts a hand to the side of his face and he, like, like he's telling you a secret. He was looking for some kyber crystals. I didn't oh. have any, so I sent him away. What about the f- food dye that they used to make the purple ones? Keep telling you. I keep telling you, Carp. There's an old Jedin saying, A fool and his kyber are soon parted. And we hear Afka say, You do some research too. And uh, he gets up from his computer at the cyber cafe and starts to leave. Gets out of a chair and turns and almost uh, crashes right into Special Agent Growly, who has been standing there like a statue behind him the entire time. Rowley, what are you doing? This is private business. Nothing to do with this investigation that we're doing, apparently. I apologize. I did not mean to eavesdrop, but um, as you can see, I I, I only see and hear the truth. While yeah, I you see were uh, chatting, um, valuable evidence may have may have blown away, been stepped on. It, but I'm a I'm an understanding person. Shall we continue? Well, why didn't you stay out there and guard the evidence? Well, well. <laughs> Fine, let's just go. See if we can pick up this trail. Lead the way! I'm not going to get used to this. All right, he leaves the cyber cafe and heads back across the street, looking both ways before crossing. Aha! Cautious of you. I throw caution to the wind. There isn't much wind down here on the lower levels. Hopefully uh, this crystal dust is still still on the ground. He pulls out his data pad scanner. Yeah, it's 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 totally fine. N- not only is there no wind, but there aren't that many people in this particular alley. Uh, I think that's probably why it was chosen as a spot to abduct this guy. What's this? What are you doing with this despair? Uh, yeah. Make so, Afghan nervous. He's sweaty. So you got a despair. Yeah, I think uh, I, I think you can. So does what does it look like when you? Uh, kind of light up this trail yeah so it's on his data pad and it's like everything around it is dark and wherever this stuff is it's glowing orange so yeah you and rowley are following this lit up trail on the ground and 
I, I think I'm gonna do a roll. I'm gonna do the first roll of my game. Oh no. You gonna upgrade it with your despair? After you do your roll, I would like to do a roll. I would like to, I think Afka, going into a place that he doesn't know, even if he's not doing it consciously, he's gonna use his ability to sense. I don't know uh, if this is um, typically how people GM, but uh, let me roll, roll, and then I'm gonna tell you what I roll. I usually roll if it's something that, if if it goes either way, it's going to be interesting. Okay. Okay. Well, I kind of com- I kind of combined um, your despair with a roll mm-hmm. that Rowley did actually, okay. and you'll be happy to know that Rowley rolled really, really well. So you're walking along, you're following this trail, and Rowley says, I've detected at least two, maybe maybe three, pursuers. I believe we're being followed. In my experience, acting acting as calm and cool will typically be the best direction in a in a situation like this. Afka probably remains cool. He's used to feeling like people are watching him all the time. And he says was it two or three? You're just not sure? Scanning, two. The third was a passerby. And Afka, like, what's he do? So he's following, they're following this trail down, down an alley. Do they see, like, an end to it, or a turning, or a direction, or does it go off onto another road or anything? Um, I think it opens up onto another road. Um, you've okay. passed from, like, you've passed through one long alley that has a bunch of um, dumpsters things like that it's pretty wide but very off the beaten path and yeah and it's going to open up into a like kind of another small strip similar to the one that you just left okay okay afka says watch my back for for a second ronley i'm gonna i'm gonna try something here and he stops for a second and closes his eyes and reaches out with the force rolled two two light side points wow nice job so i would assume these people are within short range does that seem right i think that the that you and rowley both stop and your two pursuers they they gain a little uh ground on you and i think that that they that they're in short range okay so yeah afka can sense all living things within short mm-hmm. range, including sentient and non-sentient beings. 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 I think that as soon as you stop Anything and these else? two figures get within short range, you can hear the of like a extending a stun baton. Okay. Are there any other sentient or non-sentient beings within short range? Okay. I guess that's a question that you asked that I didn't think about because i didn't think it mattered (laughs) so they're between two buildings right now is there anybody in these buildings is there anybody out on the street describe short range for me again what is that like 30 feet Uh, short range is you can if you are talking at a normal volume somebody can hear you Hmm. it's very abstract yeah that's pretty abstract what is that 15 feet 15 20 30 who knows probably out onto the street that they're coming out out on May, probably not all the way across to the other side of the street i like it within within the next two buildings and anybody on on the street uh, this is cool this is a cool power <laughs> mm-hmm. uh i don't have anything cool to like elaborate on that but, I mean, like rats um, is there a, a pack um, of uh 
Anuba? Three three Anuba hanging out in a dumpster? Yeah, so tell me, can you? did you already tell me like what, what it looks like when he reaches no, out? No, because I have no idea. So when Afka reaches out, it is... He would see it like the internet. He would see it like the... It, everything is data. Everything is information. And I think when he reaches out, he can like... Since he can sense, he can sense people's emotions and every, everything. It's like data pouring into him. It's like the Matrix. He's got a trench coat. Yeah, he's a nerd. I almost want there to be like, like the data is pouring into him. Is there any like visual, like tell that he's like done this or no? Because it's like it's it's, a, it's just um he's just closed okay. his eyes. Yeah, he sees all this information gathering this data. This mostly sound. And, and the, the sound appears to him like data, uh, even though his eyes are closed. And yeah, I, an Anuba walks by in front of them, maybe 20 feet away. Here's the pads of its little feet on the gravelly ground. There's a guy um, watching Heights and Depths, uh, a hollow, and you, he hears the, the, the episode, hears the voices of the characters buzzing, and here's the dripping water of someone watering a plant on a balcony above. And hears these people and sees them, sees every inch of them, and can tell that, that they're about to be attacked. And when he gets that information, he holds onto that information. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to commit my force die, so I can't roll it while it's committed. And every attack mm-hmm. against him is upgraded once. Okay, cool. And he says, Rowley, hope you brought a blaster, because I sure as heck didn't. Uh, he's he's in soul mode. He's in soul Dixon mode. So he'd say, Rowley, I hope you brought a blaster, because I sure as Criff didn't. Uh, I think, I think we should roll initiative. <laughs> Great. So it's gonna be cool for Afka because he is aware of these people. I guess three successes, three advantages. That's really good. Yeah, cool is one of the things he's decent at. Okay, it's going to be. You and Rowley and then them. I think, which I think narratively makes sense. Okay. What can Afka do as support? Afka, this isn't Afka's thing, Mm -hmm. but he's been, at this point, he's been in three situations, three, like, pretty dangerous situations, and he still can't really fight. So what he's going to try and do is he's going to try and, like, boost Rowley's confidence He's still, like, back to these guys. He's uh, got his eyes closed. He's still, like, feeling the incoming data of everything around him. And he says, all right, Raleigh, these guys aren't so tough. You can take them both. I think you can do it quickly, and I think we can be on our way with our mission. And I want to do a leadership check. Okay. How difficult would that be? Let's make it uh, two purple. Um, Afka doesn't have time for this, so... I'm going to flip a light side point because destiny is calling. That is two advantages. So you did not succeed. I did not succeed. I would like to, I think what that is going to be is that while he's talking, Rowley is like turning around and putting himself between Afka and the Dims, and the Dims okay. will get a setback on their check. Do not worry. 
You will be safe. It's my job to protect. Now then, fellows, I'm not sure what your stun baton is is there for, but I'm sure we can uh, we can figure this out. And uh, Raleigh's going to do a arranged heavy. <laughs> I'm sure we can yes. figure this out. And then his arm turns into a blaster. Oh, he didn't roll that well, but he has a really good blaster. He got a success and one advantage. <laughs> and yeah, he he turns and says, I'm sure we can work this out. Blaster bolt. One of them goes head over heels on on their back <laughs> and lands hard on the ground. <laughs> and they're done. <laughs> and Afka, who is still connected to the force, like whips around and is like, did you just kill that guy? <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> Hard to say from here. Have to do some scanning later, I suppose. Anyway. The other guy is the one that had the baton, and they hurled themselves at uh, Rowley. Okay. And I'm going to flip. I'm going to flip one just to give you back one and to upgrade their attack. Okay. And they they connect a, a solid hit on the side of one of Rowley's arms and some sparks kind of shoot off a little bit but it's really not even enough to allow him it doesn't he doesn't give an inch he stands there very um, imposingly and it's your turn and yeah afka runs in and tries to hit the the dim the oncoming dim and he just like sort of uh goes "Eh," and like slaps at him and (laughs) uh, that's one threat do you know what you want to do with the threat? I think. I think I give th- Afka to hurts himself. God, if I wanted to make this like more cumbersome, I, I actually think that this guy got uh, Afka got close to this threatening person, and they they grab Afka and kind of put mm-hmm. Afka between Rowley and this threatening person. Oh, great! Yeah. So you have to upgrade yeah. Raleigh's attack because yeah. he could hit me. Yeah, this is if you want to attack. As I was saying it, I was like, "Why am I doing this to us as players?" That's more. That's more. You got that's, one threat. I, I'd say like fine, three threats. Fine, fine. I'm gonna fine. I'm gonna flip also and do that because <laughs> I'm not using enough of these arc points uh-huh. anyway. Okay. Let's make this interesting. And yeah, you your Afka is. Yeah. So Afka sort of went in for a hit, and he kind of weakly slapped this guy got into a bad position and then the dim put Afka between him and yes. Rowley. And the, Does that seem the right? dim is is really yeah. not threatened or worried about Afka at all. Is focusing their mm-hmm. attention on Rowley and they say, like, just just walk away from this. He's coming with us. You wanna see you wanna see him get blasted? Do you wanna see me smash him with this uh this stun baton? And Afka says, I'm not yeah. going with you again. And then get shot. Okay, so let me figure out what's uh, Raleigh's role going to be. It would just be his attack if he's attacking Boy. but uh, a red instead of a I really hope purple. I don't get to despair. <laughs> I mean, it could happen. I don't know what... I'm, like, afraid. <laughs> Do it. Is this, this half <laughs> Do it. Do it. <laughs> Do it. And he fires, and this guy's done. He, he uh, fires like 
right at Afka, and Afka like looks down, and he's fine. He didn't get hit, and then he turns around, and the dim's staggering backwards, and collapses in a heap on top of the other dim. Yeah, Raleigh, that was a great shot. Agreed. We must get out of here. We got to get out of here uh, immediately. Continue. I will follow. I kind of imagine that Raleigh starts to try and pick Afka up, and Afka's like, "No, no, no." Are you sure? I'm are you, good. Are you, I can walk. Are you? Are Are you I'm, damaged? No, it's fine. I'm. Scanning. It's fine. No, no, no. Let's go. And he continues after the the trail. <laughs> Lead the way. And we see Anames and Carp. Uh, in the upper levels, and a green speeder speeding off. The, One of my better cab rides. The building's tower above you. This is one of the places where you can actually see the sky. You can tell exactly what time it is, Carp. It is. Well, night. I can tell what time they tell me it is. Well, they can't change the way the sky looks. Or can they? How do we know it's the real sky? It could be a holograph covering the entirety of the planet. I can't believe this hasn't crossed your mind. You can see but the sky. since we're on a higher level, at least we're free of the ventilation system they have on the lower levels because I have some theories about what they're putting in that. Carp says to Anames. <laughs> She's just talking Anames her ear just off. Stares. Because this is just what? <laughs> it's it's so rare I get to initiate a non fellow board member into the, the truth. The truth, she says. And Anames is just looking at her like she's sprouted horns just spontaneously <laughs> sprouted horns well i mean depending on what they're pumping into the air in the lower levels that could still happen and i just sort of march along march along the street i've got my little i'm making sure my little blaster can pop out of my sleeve you I'm not flicking it out i'm just checking that it's there you march along to the place where um you are aware that dr sanlev lives uh, it is one of the tallest towers in the area, and he lives on the top floor. You heading in the front? Well, oh. I sort of look to Anames now for guidance. So Anames points to the very top and goes, that's where he lives, all the way up there. Of course it is. All right, so how do we how do we get up there? Well, I mean, there's the lift, normally. I don't think that's what we want to do this time, though. That seems a little reckless. What should we do? Scale. Scale the building. Scale the yeah. building. <laughs> well, is there another lift that can get up there or is it just one of those um, private there, elevators? There, I mean, there might be a service lift. Clearly there, I need some rocket boots. There might be a service lift looking at four light side points. Yeah, I'm going, I mean, I'm assuming they're going to have to look around to find it though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're not even inside yet? Yeah. Hmm, <laughs> So do we do we look like the kind of people that would live there? In your black turtleneck and knit cap? <laughs> Probably look, not. It's like a very 60s artist vibe. Maybe there's a lot of artsy, uh, pretentious types living there. Do you say that out loud? <laughs> no. Okay, because Anamis would have had something to say about that, because she knows where they, the artsy types live. <laughs> no. Just assume I always know better. The person behind the front desk might recognize Anames. Yeah. Just um, just putting that out there. Anames looks at Carp because I'm not sure I should just walk in. I was just here. 
What happened? Uh, here there... That you need to be worried about. I just so... are we returning to the scene of a crime? No, no, not a crime that I know of, at least not yet. But I was here earlier today for an art installation. Oh, that's very innocuous. Normally, um, normal it should be, but uh, well, he when I initially came to get more information about the commission, he was talking about kyber crystals and well, he had one that had been corrupted. I don't know where he got it. All right, so we need we need a way to get up there without you getting either getting noticed. I guess I mean. Maybe you could say you forgot something, or I can create a distraction. You can sneak back to the lift. Maybe well, I could deliver some food. Except I'm not sh I would rather use a, a service lift if there is one. Okay, if we can sneak to a service lift without getting seen, that sounds good. It's just a matter of making sure the receptionist does not see me. Okay, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna help you out. I'm gonna I'm gonna help you out with a distraction here. Okay. All right. I can't wait for a carp distraction. <laughs> <laughs> All right, give me a, give me a moment to to think of a scenario. While you think of that, I just realized that carp has no idea what Anamis's past is. Really, that hasn't come up yet. No. And that's going to be interesting when it does. Okay. Mm hmm. <laughs> Considering see. carp's um, beliefs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to be very interesting. Why was she a dim? No. <laughs> uh, let's see. I can't pretend to be someone who lives there because they would have a registry. I think Tell you me... need. You should use that new skill that you got. My my bully skill. Uh huh. Well, I intend to. Uh, however, I'm trying to think of a a good scenario for it. Tell me more about this doctor fellow. What do you know about him? He's a successful oncologist. That's an odd choice for a dim, dim career. I mean, the question is which came first? <laughs> the, the chicken or the egg? The doctor or the dim? Let's exactly. see. All right, so I take off my black knit cap and I roll my turtleneck collar down a little bit mm -hmm. because it's different from the way I had it before and that in Carp's mind equals looking fancier. Okay. And oh <laughs> I mean, we know that Mon Calamari love their like rolled collars. Yes. It is established canon in all the movies that they they have okay. a collar thing. I roll the collar down and then I roll it back up because I realize it looks better that way. And I sort of shoot. This is where a cat would really come in handy. I sort of swan into the lobby very with very grandiose uh, where's oh. Becky when you need her mm -hmm. uh, actually I'd like to do a quick computer check because I would like to get a registry of the other residents in this building okay so the two of you are hanging out outside this building sort of uh, like off to the side maybe behind some pillars or something mm -hmm. and Carp takes out her data pad Yes. Let's do an average computer's check. So two purples. Three successes, one threat. Okay. You are looking for some uh, names? Just names, yes. What kind of names could there be? You're just making me come up with names now. <laughs> <laughs> well, do you want me to come up with a name? No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> do you want me to come up with one? 
Let's each come up with one. Nillis. <laughs> okay. Mickledon. <laughs> Nillis Mickledon. Yes, that's all I need. I see that it's a male resident, and I don't know this, the species, but it really doesn't matter. You don't know the and species. You don't know anything else about them with your threats. Your threat. Right. Yeah. No, all I know is that it's it's a. Uh, I I see I scan and I see what I'm looking for. He lives alone. He is um, a bachelor, I guess. And so I, I'm like, okay. Uh, well, I'll distract the uh, the receptionist, and you'll you'll get into the service elevator. We will meet on the. How many floors are there in this building? Let's give it a hundred and twenty-two. Okay, we'll meet on the hundredth floor, and then I will. Uh, so the lift would stop on every floor. I'll I'll join you in that service lift on the hundredth floor. We'll meet on the hundredth floor. Okay. Okay. Good. That will work. All right. So I kind of swan into the lobby. Very, like, imagine Upper East Side rich woman from the 1960s who was in her 60s. And, like, I'm not carrying a loth cat, but imagine if I was carrying a loth cat and it had, like, a little tiara on. and <laughs> So kind of like, like Betty. A, yeah. But like you're channeling Betty, Betty to the, I mean Betty Maxwell to the max. Mm-hmm. Well, I kind of walk in oh. and it's like, it's like you can imagine me wearing pearls and I I go up to the receptionist because all of the people who visit have to check in. Mm-hmm. They don't and just she, like she, walk anyone walk in there. It's like a ritzy place. She's a Twi'lek and she asks, "Can I help you?" Oh, I'm here to see my darling. Uh. Millis Mickledon, and I sort of wait for her to check the registry, and I, I'm like, he invited me up for tea today. <laughs> My accent is very, it goes all over the place, because I don't actually know what rich people sound like. Um, <laughs> it's from every Heights and Depths episode about rich people I've ever seen. And I, I'm like, he invited me up for tea, if you know what I mean. And I... I, I think I, maybe I shall break up with him today, but he doesn't know that yet. And I just fill her head with chatter. That, that roll a deception check. And meanwhile, Anamis. Meanwhile, Anamis is looking for a surface, ele- surface lift. Okay. So this uh, front space, this like lobby area is, is pretty large and kind of open. And there are some pillars around that Anamis is probably hiding behind. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think there's a hallway off to the back and off to the left. And this uh, this front desk is sort of center towards the back. Carp is attempting to lie. So let's get a deception check. Wait, I can't bully in her. <laughs> Can't, no, it, can't it be a very bullying lie? That doesn't sound like bullying. That sounds like lying. It sounds aggressive. I well, it's um, and the receptionist keeps trying to interrupt me, and I'm like, "Oh, darling, don't talk me out of it. I've had enough of this relationship. It's it's gone on for too long. I can't possibly keep it up anymore. I and, have so many offers, and but, and Gerald wants to take me to the to the gambling planets. He wants to take me to Bespin. He didn't tell me you were." coming, I, I cannot let you up without previous notice. 
Did he tell you to say that? I can't uh, no, believe he that. Didn't say he didn't even let you know I was coming. No, this he... is just like Millis. This is why we can never be together and why I I'm I'm leaving him for oh, another name. I'm leaving him for Norman. <laughs> I'm s very sorry, but I cannot let you up without prior notice. Uh, oh, I insist. I must do this with him in person. I'm it's not fair to do it over holotext. I'm going to have to see some identification. Shoot. Uh, well, we, uh, we've established that Karp has a lot of IDs. Am I still where I can, you know, see and I'm assuming yeah. I can at least hear this. Yeah, you can definitely hear it. It's echoing through this whole uh, lobby area. Am I close enough that if I turn around I can see much of anything near the desk. Yeah, what are you looking for? Um, something that uh, is easily moved, but would make a lot of noise hmm. if it clatters. Let's see. So it would be behind a desk. Let's. How about there? There are two giant vases, one on either side of the desk. Um, there's are they breakable? Probably. There'll be a a computer behind the desk, and maybe like one of those like grids of mailboxes, you know? Mm-hmm. I how the Rich the, people don't get their own mail. The, the vases, do they look like they're like a one of a kind thing or more of a mass produced but fancy? Oh, mass produced. Probably not even that fancy. I bet they were cheap. So basically look a lot look more expensive than they really were. Yeah. Until you actually get close. There's some, like, uh, reproduction of an old, old Bothan design. Um, I am going to roll a move. Okay. Which... <laughs> I want to enter combat with a receptionist. If you need to. <laughs> no. Because we're going to need to get back down here. Well, I mean, you could just run out. What's Ooh. that? So, um, Anamis thinks about... Is it one strained piece or two strained? I think it's one strain total. It's one strain to activate, and then that's it. I'll take the strain. And I'm going to knock one of those faces off the desk inside, like, toward her. Like, not direct where it'll necessarily fall on her, mm -hmm. but where she'll have to go behind the de desk and like lean down where she can't have any line of sight to clean it up. Yeah. So Anames reaches out with the force and feels the like nervousness and this this Mon Calamari is just like putting the Twi'lek off of her game and being argumentative and and all this and she feels that Twi'lek's nervousness and knocks one of these vases off the off the desk. And it falls back and falls on the ground and, and breaks. And the water inside spills out and the flowers go all over the place. What kind of establishment is this? Don't you even securely anchor your vases? And while she, and while the receptionist is going over to, to fuss because it was a very expensive vase. It looked expensive. I, 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 it looked expensive. Uh, they tell people it was expensive. I say, I... I I see what kind of place this is. You know what? Millis doesn't deserve... He, he doesn't deserve any kind of consideration from me. I'll do it over hollow text. And then while she's kind of inspecting the vase, I sort of sneak over and join Rillin 
sneaking well, to the left. Didn't the vase break? Yeah, it broke. It's all over the floor. I mean, she's, she's expect- inspecting how broken it yeah. is. She's fully distracted by a broken vase. And the two of you head around the corner into the spaces beyond the lobby of this apartment building. So what do I roll to identify where the service lift is? I think you, at this point, with the breaking of the vase, you are in a space where you could have access to the regular lift if you wanted it. Ooh. Um, you do know that no. it opens up directly onto his apartment, though. Exactly why I was thinking I, that even though I can get on it, I don't think I want it. Okay. But do we want the lift where we'd have to bust his door down? We want the lift that might lead to, like, um, what's the term I'm thinking of? Maybe, like, an area where, like, a lot of droids would go through. Mm-hmm. That might, there might be, like, a back entrance, even if we had to do some, or an entrance to some of the vents or something. I won't make you roll for it. The There is an obvious, there's a door that says uh, maintenance, and you just push through there. There are some shutoff droids back here and a lot of cleaning supplies. And you spot a, let's see. So it looks like it opens up into sort of a loading dock, probably for when these fancy people move in and their trucks pull up and people have to load stuff up. And there's a big service elevator, probably like eight foot by eight foot, maybe a little larger, right back there. Yeah, and instead of it being a normal lift door it's it's more of a clear grid yeah that you have to manually pull down yeah yeah old style and and it's probably i would say it's rusty but i doubt it's actually metal yeah some sort of synthetic metal like a plastic metal but but definitely looking a little more grimy Mm -hmm. and because surface elevators i think uh Carp and Anamis get in the service elevator, and Carp, being so tall, just reaches up just a little bit. Very low, yes. And pulls down the metal grate, and uh, our screen wipe follows the metal grate as it closes. And we hear a ding as you get up to the penthouse level. You're in a back hallway. Seems like it connects to maybe like two places in this apartment. That through closed doors, it looks like Doctor Samlev is using this space as uh, storage right now. You see some, you see a couple pedestals, you see some things with sheets over them. Nothing in particular catches your eye because it's all kind of covered up. I, I peek under some, and it's just it's just furniture. It's just stuff. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So I'm I'm sorry. Have we already reached the penthouse? Yes, or? you are. At, okay. you are on the level. Um, there are yes. two ways out of this space. It's a it's not a huge space, but yeah, it looks like it opens up into two parts of the penthouse. Are there any vents coming through here? I'm sure there are or, some. They're probably air ducts. Smallish, yeah. Anything big enough that either of us could fit in it. Not me. Not Carp. She's too tall. <laughs> but I think five foot... And I'm a little foot, bit trunky. Five foot Anames might be able to fit in one of these. Yeah, I'm gonna take the vent cover off and climb in an air duct. <laughs> it's your answer to everything. I think Carp has always wanted to climb in an air duct. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, but no, it's discrimination. No one makes air ducts big enough for me. 
And I think what I'm gonna say is, wait here, I'm gonna go see where he is and make okay. sure direct you around him. All right. So we are in the penthouse now, right? Yeah. Or just outside of its, okay. You are, in. it seems like you are probably off to one of the back sides of it. Okay. It's kind of hard to tell. There are no windows in this space and uh, Anames climbs into a vent. Yeah, so looking through the vents, it is dark. It seems like all the lights are off. Dr. Sama might not be home. She's going to quickly look through, you know, scoot or scooch around and look through. So you see um, his bedroom, you keep moving, you see the office, the kitchen. Yeah, there's nobody here. You don't hear anything. If there was somebody here, it's quiet enough that they would probably hear you in these vents. I will crawl back then to the storage area mm -hmm. and pop out and say, okay, it's good. No one's home. Okay, so I, I I hear you like morph coming from the vent like it's a little uh, telephone. Uh, what is the thing you do with the coffee cans? Telephone. Comlink. Yeah, basically like the little it's playing quasi link. telephone. Yeah, it's playing comlink. And I hear her more coming out of the vent. <laughs> There's a little bit of an echo anything. to Anami's voice yeah. as she says that. And so I, I kind of creep out a little bit more into the open, but I've still got like you know, my little sleeve, spring out, spring-loaded pistol kind of at the ready, but start to investigate the larger rooms. Okay, and I think in Carp's last session, we established that she had a, what are they called? A Star Wars flashlight. Uh, oh. Oh, 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 I don't know. oh. A glow rod. Glow stick. Yeah. Glow rod. Yes. Does Carp flick on her glow rod? Yes. Okay. Yeah. The space is empty as she opens the door, and Anamis climbs down from the vent, probably. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> do, um, you, do you do it like a normal person, or do you have to like tack a somersault onto everything? No, Are you the somersaulting like type? No. Okay. No. She's kind of grown out of that phase. <laughs> she probably did that a lot as a teenager just to see if she could do it. Right. All okay, the other so Jedi she's mature about it. it. Yeah, yeah. it was uh, among the uh, younglings and Padawans, it was kind of this competition at one point. All right, but Carp doesn't know the whole Jedi backstory. Nope. So what it, I, I, I take my glow rod and I'm, it's throwing off pretty good light. Mm -hmm. And I'm able to see the confines of the penthouse. So the door that you go through opens up into a kitchen. It is pretty nice, nicer than most of the apartments. Probably all the apartments that Carp has lived in over the past month. Probably. It is dark. The kitchen opens up onto a large living space filled with pedestals and art and things on the walls. Um, there's a little seating area there with a low table. Um, off of this room, it looks like there is the main lift down on the far wall. There are a few rooms going off this room as well. The doors are all closed except for the bedroom door, which is cracked a little bit. But Anames up in the vent had seen the bedroom, seen the kitchen, seen where the office, his office is as well. On the other wall of this large main space, there is, it's just all glass and you can see the, the city sort of sprawling out in front of you. And through 
that there appears to be a a large like balcony area, a pedestal in the middle with a very very large sculpture on it. Does he enjoy the art more or the pedestal? <laughs> the art is just Honestly, stuff to put on the pedestals. He's more about the pedestals. That particular art, he enjoyed the pedestal a little bit more. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I don't see a single booby trap. This guy is totally lax on his security. He thinks that because he lives in a penthouse, he can just get away with not, with no go bags and no hairs indoors and hair wire triggers. It's lax. I'm judging him as I look around. First, I go over to, I guess, maybe look closer at the art pieces. You can do a or... lore check or... Anamis could tell you something about them. Do you, rec- do you re- recognize any of this stuff, Anamis? Well, I made that. And she points to the statue. What's it a statue of? Uh, just a Jedi from the Old Republic. And just some children that he found. Okay, okay, okay. And Cart kind of like, it's like, okay, Jedi. And- to her, it's like... Like those old ancient, the Greek statues, where it's like, all right. And she also points to a, a stone over the heart of the Jedi and go, says, that's a kyber crystal. I, I'm sorry, it's carved out of stone, or is it an actual crystal set into the statue? It's an actual crystal set into the statue. Huh. That's what Snowbird said they were looking for the other month. That's what they were looking for. Wait, they were looking for this crystal? I don't think so, but that's the kind of crystal they were looking for. Oh, okay. Uh, To Anames, that uh, crystal at the heart of the statue is like a a beacon of light. It's like a lighthouse in all this darkness that's in this place. And there's... She noticed earlier, last time or one of the earlier times that she was in this space that uh, a lot of the stuff in here was like historically dark side like Sith stuff. There isn't really, it's not like the stuff that Snoober had. It's not like the stuff that Carp brought back from the Manticore. It's all like, it's just stuff. It's not like strong in the force or anything like that. But looking around, Carp notices the there's something over the mantelpiece that she recognizes. Yeah, it is the sword that that one senator used and was going <gasps> to try and chop Afka with. Ah, uh, and Namaz, that sword almost stabbed my buddy. Oh, I'm going to take it. You're going to take it? <laughs> yes. They shouldn't have it. They're just going to stab people with it. Okay. Now, I, I go over and I try to, I try to, is it, uh, is it anchored to the wall or is it just sitting there? No, it's just, uh... It's just, you can, like, lift it up. Okay, well, I mean, I know for a fact that this belongs to someone who is associated with the people who I witnessed literally about to stab someone and drop him into a vat of acid. I don't care what you say, it was a vat of acid. And so I feel like someone like that probably shouldn't have a sword. And I go over and I take it. I Anomis <laughs> is not going to object to this because she doesn't think they should have it either. At some points, I've relayed this information to her. Let's just assume that I told it very convincingly and well. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> she did. That sword is what initially tipped her off that yeah. something's up. Okay, yeah. so I go over and I take it. And well, I, that sword, I should say, that sword is what tipped her off that this is related to the Dims. Because she's recognized it from 
the news broadcast. Yep, she tied that to the to the uh, Afka incident. Yeah. So I, I kind of lifted down from the wall, and it's like <laughs> it's like a moment from a movie where you know she's got it in both hands, and it's like ah, as she kind of lifts it down, and it's a little uh, heavier than she a, expected. Yeah, has it got a scabbard, or is it just like bare yeah, no, steel? It does. Okay, good. All right, I, but it's not displayed that way. Like the scabbard's kind of on the side of the mantle, and yeah. I, I sort of slide it in there. And- and swing it around my back like an awesome action hero. I both love and hate that you now have a sword. <laughs> I love and I love that I have a sword. So you said that the Kyber Crystal feels like a beacon of light in the darkness of the area. Do I sense where, like a center to where that darkness is? Hmm. Yes. Or any area that it's coming you from. You do. It's one of the doors off to the side. Not the bedroom, but probably uh, you'd probably be able to, since you went into the vents, say it was his office. In that case, I am going to head that direction. Okay. I kind of, I follow. I just follow her, sort of looking around at the same time. You open the door to this space. You see a desk in the center of the room. There are a few uh, folders filled with uh, flimsy paper. There's more art and stuff on the walls. This place has more... They're old. They're odd instruments. Maybe like old surgical instruments. And then in a shelf behind the desk, um, there's like... So this room is very, very dark. And... There are a couple tall windows on either side of a bookshelf behind the desk. You can see the city uh, through the windows beyond. And in the center of the bookshelf, there is a, like, almost like a, a mannequin head. But there's nothing on it. Wait, I'm sorry. There's a mannequin without a head or just, just the a head. mannequin head? It's like a head-shaped okay. display. Like, you would you would put, like, a piece of jewelry. art jewelry on it or something, but it's there's nothing on it right now. Um, okay, that's a little creepy. Do I sense anything coming from that mannequin head? Something residual. Something that's, like, it's like it, something lives there that doesn't, isn't there right now. He has a computer here, yes? He's got a computer. He's got some papers on the desk. He's got his desk with some drawers. Yeah. Um, she's going to go to the computer and see if she can do anything with it or if it's locked. It is locked with a dark side flip, but Carp is really good at computers. <laughs> well, uh, I was thinking that because, yes, she's... And I she do have a to... sword, so I'm pretty invincible now. I'm feeling pretty good about myself. <laughs> There is like there is a boost of confidence a sword gives you that a blaster just doesn't. Alright. So Anamis turns to Carp and says, Hey, you're good with computers, right? <laughs> I preen can... a little bit. <laughs> Do you think you can slice into this? Well, uh, let let me and I I kinda crack my knuckles and stretch my arms and lace my fingers together and I say, Well, let me let me see what I can do here. And I um I, I get to work. All right, let's get I a roll. Roll. What's my difficulty? Three purples. I should get a boost because we're alone and there's nothing pressing us for time at the moment that we know of. I mean, I, that guy could come back soon, but as of now, no one's around. Okay. 
I'll allow it. Two. Oh, are you kidding? I can't see it. Was it good or bad? Wow. Okay. That was amazing. So let me describe what happens so that I can do a thing and then we'll get into it. So Carp stretches her arms out. I think she probably like rolls her shoulders a little bit. Maybe does a <laughs> right. little, couple little punches like in like the air. Like it's like a physical activity. Yeah. yeah. You know? And then cracks her knuckles, sits down at the computer and starts typing. And out the window, we see a little pack of pod racers fly by uh, off in the distance. And as they fly by, we get a screen wipe. Carp got two successes and two triumphs. Wow. Okay, so I hacked the heck out of this computer. We finally found the thing that Carp is good at. It's the sword gave her confidence. Well, on, in Carp's last game, every single triumph was on a computer's check. <laughs> well, you know, she's spent enough time like on the internet. I feel like she has to know a little bit by now. Before season two, Carp she's... never rolled a single computer's check and probably <laughs> didn't get a triumph. She's like someone who learned HTML so that she could configure her own little conspiracy website and it just snowballed from there. So how about I give you one triumph and you float an idea for the second one? Okay. Carp easily gets into Dr. Sonlove's computer. Hackity, hack, hack. Slice, slice. Yeah, we make we make the little sounds as we do it. Anami's just sort of leaning over her shoulder as she does it, one arm on the, the chair, watching what she does. The first thing that pops up as soon as she gets in is uh, like a, a weird map of the area. It's got Dak Avenue, it's got Little Onderon, and all of the surrounding parts of Coruscant. But it doesn't show anything that Carp recognizes. It shows, it, it seems to show streets and alleys and things that she has never seen before. Through a little bit more research and her thinking about some of her experiences in the recent months, she comes to the conclusion that these are maps of the odd tunnels underneath the city. Places that she went with um, Kurt Blaster and uh, Oris Roshi are, are on there. And places are marked off. Like, uh, they're not necessarily like X'd off, but it seems like some places have been looked at or visited, and other places are yet to be explored. And while she's doing that, Anami's, the, those papers on the desk, she opens up that folder and it's it's properties have have been bought up and there's like information in those folders on the places that have been purchased by future forward galactic some of those papers have been signed by the ceo of future forward galactic and as carp is working on the computer the name catches her eye the name vera roshi so that it catches carp's eye. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't think it would okay. really mean much to Anames, but with mm -mm. like with the is that Oris's wife? Yeah. Okay, and is I'm sorry. Please, I'm so sorry. Is that the guy we took into the expedition? Yes. Oh, really? Yes. Oh my! Did I don't I, I never met Vera though? You did, did not? I? No. Okay, okay, okay. So the kid was annoying. Yeah. 
to sum <laughs> to sum up all this information, it seems like the Dims are exploring the underground in the places that you and Kurt um, guided Oris Roshi and his kid and properties adjacent to and above these areas are being purchased directly by the CEO of Future Forward Galactic who is his wife uh oh uh oh I gotta call Kurt (laughs) Mark I wish that could happen I don't think it's gonna happen yeah I don't think that's gonna happen either the amount Dang of it. schedules they would have to mesh. Oh man. Oh man. If only a guy Kurt's off somewhere gambling and drinking. <laughs> Living his best life. I mean you can still message him. The question is, will he get the message in time for it to be useful? Oh <laughs> I he could get the message in time and it still wouldn't be useful. <laughs> Burn. <laughs> Sorry, Kurt. So, no, Linda. Linda plays them like that. All that information, I'd say, is your. Uh, that's a pretty good triumph. Do you have any ideas for the second one? I I would want a triumph to maybe expose a weakness in him, this person, or his plan, or the whole shebang, like some kind of document which I could use against. Because I mean, this is setting off alarm bells. Right. Uh, immediately I'm thinking, oh, they're trying to horn in on these creatures. Creatures? Maybe. Oh, those creatures. Yeah, the creatures. Oh, you think it's all about the creatures. Okay. Speaking of, would I'm trying to think if I would have anything that I could take. Obviously, I don't want to take those papers because that would tip that would tip the good doctor off that uh, someone's been here. Maybe my triumph is that I can but copy I, everything. I was going to say, do I want to... Well, because some of it was like actual hard copy. Yeah. I mean... What I'm looking at is hard copy. And I'm wondering, do I have something that I can kind of snap pictures of it all? Like, yeah, if you have a data pad, I'm sure you could. And I don't think that's even a triumph. I think that's something you could do. And also, Carp just took that sword. I think he's going to know you're, you were here. Someone was here. Right. <laughs> yeah, but if... If she has that sword, may- you know, maybe we can make it look like it's just some art thieves. Well, um, <laughs> push some of the statues over. Take some of the other stuff. Let's just disguise it. Yeah. <gasps> Ooh, oh, let's take a bunch of stuff and then it'll just look like a robbery. Right? Right? <laughs> Novice okay. grins and she gets this mischievous <laughs> look on her face. And we don't even have to carry all of it out. Maybe you could hide some of it in the air bed. <laughs> or just she, she she shakes her head and says, "No, they said someone recently told me there's a lot of people on the lower levels that pass through the, slip through the cracks. Maybe we can take some of this to them and help them out a little bit." I, I mean, sure, fine. <laughs> I don't really. At that point, I'm just like, I'm. I have to. I have to take the sword. They can't have the sword. Yeah. <laughs> I really want a sword, and I'm not giving it to Snoober. This sword is mine now. Only There was it, something yeah. else that... I mean, there was something that was calling She's go- out to Anamis. crystal. She's going to... One of the things Nanamis is going to do is take that kyber crystal out of the statue. <laughs> she can't take the whole statue, but she can take the crystal. So I feel like I want to be able to copy everything <laughs> on the she hard drive. Trust- she doesn't trust that they're going, that they're not going to try to corrupt it again. So she's stealing it. Okay. <laughs> and I want to be able to just take a ton of evidence to use as a kind of a security 
against some kinds of retaliation. Because there's got to be something incriminating on this computer, right? Like, right. There's tons of stuff. So here's what's happening. Carp is still working on the computer. She's got a whole bunch of information. Um, and a sword. And a sword. The issue <laughs> here is that in our last game, Carp filled up her data pad. But if Anames <gasps> also she? has one, yeah, she did. Um, she I genuinely did not record what gear Anamis has. So she's got a data pad. I mean, a data pad's just everyone's got one, right? Yeah, I, probably that or some kind of a comm link. Yeah, that and probably a comm link with a camera or something. You've got a data pad. Anamis passes Carp her data pad to transfer information to, and heads out to take the Kyber crystal from the statue. I don't think we've yes. really <laughs> talked about... I mean, Anamis had that one, that little meditation session where she learned about the Kyber Crystal. Mm -hmm. But I don't think we really talked about what the Force is like for Anamis. No, we didn't. I think for Anamis, especially because she ha does have such a tie to art and beauty, I think it's probably like a mix of colors and lines. Okay. So as she... Probably multi-dimensional okay. colors and lines. Mm -hmm. Maybe even like extra dimensional. Like you, we see we see the world in three dimensions, but her mm. touching the force is like the feeling of fourth dimension. It's like yeah. opening it's up... It's like super strong synesthesia. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Uh -huh. Like crazy strong. So what is it like when she reaches out and touches the kyber crystal that she had this connection to it's like you know how they have stuff with the augmented reality mm -hmm. it's like she gets a burst of re augmented reality in turn in like colors and i won't want to say quite rainbow you know like, like a full rainbow of anything but just that kind of intensity and it it's that bright like a rainbow would be in you know if you, especially if you're looking, kind of seeing the sun through a rainbow, mm -hmm. that that amount of light, just intense light, and th there is some essentially color variation to it. Yeah, it's not just one individual thing. It's, I guess, not so much colors, but the potential for colors. Right, and y it feels like that kyber crystal is almost like a prism, and it could yeah, uh, yeah focus that. that it's actually kind of where my brain was going. Yeah, and she looks down, and it's in her hand. How did that get there? And Carp looks down at this information and sees that there is one place on this map. So there were little places that it looked like they had been uh, to these places, and one place is standing out as like it's been marked. It is an important uh -oh. place. And it is all the way down on rock bottom. It's a place called the Crescent Theater. Where would Park head after, uh, after all this weirdness, whatever just happened, went down? Um, he he saw these uh, these people chase after. Addy Gregor as he ran off down the street. As he watched, I don't did he did he just sort of book it in the other direction? No, I think I think he wants to know what's going on. Yeah. So I, I think I'm guessing that they're gonna as soon as he ran, uh-huh, Park kinda 
ducked into the shadows yeah. and got to a uh, a high place where he can observe from afar. And yeah. he's going to kind of pursue um, Addy. And I'm, I'm guessing some people are going to pursue Addy also. Yeah. So the Besselisk uh, sort of calmly gets back in his car. He kind of expected this to happen as the turquoise skinned uh, woman with the, the crest says something to whoever is driving that, that speeder and takes off in, in pursuit of uh, Addie. And from what you're seeing of her, she is moving in a way similar to you. It's like that ability you thought everyone could access if they knew how she's got that too uh she like catches up to him in a few long strides and just tackles him to the ground the basilisk the basilisk pulls up his speeder they've they've gone maybe a, a quarter mile and he comes out and he uh starts saying something to this guy and puts a couple binders on him puts his hands behind his back and pushes him into the speeder hey uh Afka, Afka, can you hear what? me? Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Are you intercepting any of these um, these calls that are going out? Yeah, they're all uh, encrypted. I'm doing my best to, to keep track of things. Uh, they're using a lot of code names and stuff. Any, it um, seems odd. It's not like an on-the-books thing that's going on. Any keywords or anything you're identifying? Yeah, actually, I think one of the people involved, I kind of know him. Uh, is there a big basilisk there? Well, yeah. That's uh, that's Dixon. Whatever they're doing, it's it's it might be the same thing we're doing. What do you think about these guys, Afka? Uh, they're doing good work. I think they're doing it. They're just doing it in a different way. They uh, they got resources we don't have and and talents we don't have. All right, we're we'll leave their work to them. We're gonna leave our work to us. You see the the two speeders uh, turn off their sirens, turn off their lights, and speed away. Um, what what's next? So Afka says, um, so I'm uh, pulling up some info from that uh, comlink you grabbed. Uh, comlinks are tricky. Comlinks are like simple machines, I think. Simple electronics. They're they're like 1995 cell phones. Uh, so you're not gonna get like messages or anything. Um, but I uh, I'm looking at places he's gone. There's one place that I can cross-reference here. It seems like it's his house, his apartment, his loft, whatever it is, uh, the school. And then there's uh, there's there's one place that kind of stands out. It's a little weird. It's all the way down in in Rock Bottom. I don't know why a guy like that would go down there. Uh, yeah, Afka, that that does seem like an outlier. It seems like a like an odd thing for our for our friend. Addy to uh, to do. I'm gonna send you the uh, the location. Maybe you can do a little research on it. See if if anything pops up. I'll do my research too. All right. Uh, send it over. So uh, your data pad lights up. You've got a notification. You got something from Afka. Uh, it's pretty much just coordinates. Okay. Park's going to head that way, and I think he's already standing on something uh, pretty high up. He's yeah. getting this this uh, nice broad view of um, Little Onderon. He takes a big jump and 
kind of free falls for a little bit. Yeah, and you above you, as we we get this view of uh, Park from the front, looking up into the sky, and we see uh, a few pod racers go by above, probably on their last lap. Thanks for listening to another episode of Coruscant Nights. Coruscant Nights is a production of Nightcast Creative. For more information on this and our other projects, visit nightcastcreative.com. Thanks to Doug, Nikki, and Rill for playing on these episodes. If you're loving Coruscant Nights, be sure to leave us a review on your favorite podcatcher and visit us on Patreon at patreon.com slash Coruscant Nights.